someone tells me, because uh, I, I see a lot of Tibetan Buddhists in the hospice, and I met a very nice Tibetan monk, and he kept giving me all these books so I felt obliged to read. And um, they are very different. They talk about up to four turnings of the wheel, and it's not in the sutras. But to be um, open, hunting, this is my little theory. It might well be that the Buddha taught this to the devas because they live so long. So he's telling them instead of like just enjoying, why don't we be the bodhisattva because they live so long? And he may have imparted the teachings to the devas, but it can't be meant for us mere mortals because our lives are so short. You see, but that's just my way of looking at it. Um, but it's very different from what they say. It's important uh, to have a good grounding of the suttas. When you have a good grounding and you have a good understanding, then only you can tell the difference. If you don't have a good understanding of the suttas, uh, you think uh, maybe uh, maybe it's true. Uh. <laughs> the, it doesn't mm. attract one mountain. Mm. If I had picked up a Mahayana book, I would not mm. be a Buddhist. Because mm. it's so complicated. You mm. get a headache. Oh, I'm sorry, no one may ask you. But when you read the Theravadan suttas, mm. it's like quenching a thirst you didn't know you mm. had. It's very beautiful. But when I read the Mahayana, I have great difficulty finishing the book. It so. depends on what you read. When I started off, I read Theravada and I read Mahayana. And Mahayana sounded so idealistic. You know, helping everybody, uh, don't be selfish, don't practice for yourself, all these things uh, sounded so good. Uh, I went to Mahayana for nine years. During those nine years, uh, I saw uh, some of the monks, uh, they talk about great compassion, uh, when in fact, uh, little compassion also they don't practice. Mm. Seeing is one thing, practicing is another. And the reason uh, they cannot, they cannot practice it, uh, is because they never cultivate themselves. They look down upon cultivation. Hmm? They say, "Siu sing, uh, cultivation is selfish." Liao Han. Uh, so uh, they only do, 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 but because they don't cut the greed, hatred, and delusion, uh, they they cannot progress. So the mind is very cunning, you know. We can make excuses, uh, we can think uh, we want to benefit people and all these things, uh, but actually you are benefiting yourself. Yeah. How can you see your, your, your translation is influenced by the author? Because uh, these authors, uh, they translate word by word na, according to the meaning. Ah, you be careful of the notes. La. Read the suttas, don't read the notes. Notes are only opinions. Ma. 
So like sometimes I read the suttas, uh, I find that certain translations uh, are not very clear. Uh. It's not very clear. Uh. You look into the Pali dictionary, you know, look for the word, uh, and then try to try to figure, uh, think carefully, uh, how it fits in. Uh. The problem with uh, sometimes uh, some translators, uh, they do put in an opinion, but generally it's not their own opinion. They go wrong sometimes when they follow the opinion of the commentaries. Sometimes the word literally means a certain thing, you know, but they don't put that, that literal meaning. Instead, they put another meaning which the commentaries have put. Ah, that is where they go wrong. So if you find that that word they put is not the original Word. Sometimes they do explain. They do explain that the literal word means this, but the commentary says this, so therefore they say this. Ah, in that case, you have to check. Check the Pali word, and then in that case you'll find. Oh, for example, they used to say, Satipatthana is the only way." <laughs> Satipatthana is the only way. Then when you look at the translation, Ekayana Mago. It's a one-way path. Ekayana uh, mago means one-way path. I mean, jalan sahala It only goes one way. And that one way is to liberation. It does not go to any other place. But it does not say it's the only way. The only way actually is a noble eightfold path. So you find that, remember, like... People like Venerable Bhikkhu Bodhi, yeah? when he started off his translations, his early translations uh, were very much based on the commentaries in Abhidhamma. As he translated more and more, he started to change his translation. That's why uh, I think it's important to study a lot of suttas. When you study a lot of suttas, uh, you get a rounder vision. For example, understanding of Satipatthana. A lot of people think, uh, a lot of people say, uh, they, they just echo what other people say. La. They say Satipatthana Sutta is the most important Sutta in the, in the, in the, in the whole of the Nikayas. No, I don't believe so. Why? Because if you read the Suttas, uh, you find uh, when the Buddha's disciples they listen to the Satipatthana Sutta, they think it enlightened. But when they listen to the Anatta Lakana Sutta, uh, many of them got enlightened. Uh, which one is more important? <laughs> so, the Satipatthana Sutta gives you an understanding of Satipatthana only in that one Sutta. But if you read the Satipatthana Sangyutta in the Sangyutta Nikaya, you find so many Suttas. Uh, which gives, which explains uh, Satipatthana from different perspectives. Uh, then you get a better understanding, is not? For example, you, you look at Eng Chai from behind. Uh, you only see see the view from behind. Uh, you have to uh, to to see better. You have to come in front, go by the side, and all this thing. <laughs> Over what? Uh, uh, rather than following the teachings, 
Yeah, it's good to 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 read the suttas on your own, ma. If you if you if you uh, have a bit of faith in me, then you can listen to my dharma talks on the suttas. The Mahaparinibbana mentioned that Buddhists should visit the birthplace of the Buddha once. Is that written by the Buddha or somebody put it in? Could have been put in. Could have been put in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there are certain things, uh, for example, in the Diga Nikaya, says when the Buddha was born, uh, he took seven steps and the lotus came out and he said, I'm the highest and all these things. I also find it hard to believe. Huh? Yeah, possible. Because in the law of karma vipaka, where we are reborn depends on our karma, isn't it? Now depends on our emotion, isn't it? Dante, I have a question. Checking some of the things. You had a talk, you mentioned that the leader of the Sakyan was Badia. Where is this sutta? Vinaya books. It's not in the suttas, it's in the Vinaya books. Vinaya books. And then another one is uh, where, where in the talk you mentioned that uh, King, uh, actually the Sakyan is actually under the territory of Kosala. Uh, mm, yeah. Is there any mention? Which, which? In the Dhammachatiya Sutta, the, uh, this, uh, the king, uh, Pasanadi, he, that time he was 80 years old and the Buddha was 80 years old and he came to see the Buddha and the Buddha was in his kutila. So when the, he went to knock on the Buddha's door, when the Buddha opened the door, immediately he fell on the, on his knees and bowed at the Buddha and kissed the Buddha's feet and kept kissing the Buddha's feet. Then the Buddha asked him, Maharaja, why do you pay so much veneration to this body? Uh, then he started to praise the Buddha. No? Uh, so he said many things in the Dhammachatiya Sutta. No? So among those things he said no, was uh, that uh, the Buddha is a citizen of Kosala. I am also a citizen of Kosala. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Uh, one last one of the story, I don't know if it's true or not, where Buddha went back to Kapila Mm. And then Yasodhara asked Yahuda to go and claim the inheritance from, mm. from the father. Is it in the books? Yes, yes. That is in the Vinaya books, I think. And, mm. But that was good lah, because the Buddha then used that lah, to let Rahula go forth. Lah. Mm. Spiritual inheritance. Lah. Mm-hmm. Is Vanti aware that there's a fiction of all the suttas? It was posted on the Forest Sakha website, and it's written by, um, I think, I can't remember when, uh, can't remember which it was. It's a Nobel Prize winner, German, 1917, and he is brilliant. He took all the suttas, all the characters, Angulimala, everything, and he made a novel, and the novel is called Kamitata, and it's in German. And Kamanita, sorry, no, Kamanita. And it's, it's, a, it's a novel about um, this uh, fictitious character. And 
two Thais who uh, saw the book translated into Thailand, Thai, and the Thai government uses it for the school as a literary work of art. They didn't realize it was German in origin. And um, Ajahn Amaro in Amaravati translated it into English. So um, I read the English version on the internet. It's free. It's available for on the internet to be downloaded. And it's called Kama Nita, 500 pages. And it's so charming, Bhante. He dared talk about the Buddha going out and, you know, it's all true to the suttas. And, um, you know, a little bit here and there, but all from the suttas. Very lovely reading. No harm that. Yes. <laughs> I think if you understand the value of the suttas, huh? You don't want to waste your time reading 500 pages of fiction. <laughs> time is short. Na? Just a few days ago, one of our devotees told me that the nephew's daughter, 21 years old, got cancer. And then uh, about a month and a half ago, Another devotee near our place there, the daughter, 17 years old, a school athlete, also got cancer. Mm. So we don't know whether, what stage the cancer is in our body. Don't waste time. <laughs> One thing, this Devadatta, uh, for many people's life, he has, he has actually taken and try to um, a few times like in previous life. So it seems to me that let's say a person that hate another person or try to But that um, is not in the suttas, that is just a speculation by people. There's mm. a sutta that says that Buddha says that if we often the Yeah yeah. How do you consult with that? No, the Buddha said nah, some time ago. Some time ago. Not not during the Buddha's time. No, when they were alive. La. No, at that time they already Pacheka Buddha. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is that possible? No, they are not in Nibbana, they are alive, human. No, when they die, they attain Nibbana. When they are alive, they still go and beg for their food. Ma. They have not yet entered Nibbana. Mm, okay. So from this Sutta, you can tell uh, that uh, Pachika Buddhas are plentiful uh, compared to Samasam Buddha. Because the Buddha said he looked into the past 91 world cycles, uh, which is a very, very long time. He must have spent the whole night looking. To, he only saw six Samasam Buddha. Only six. Oh, that's creation. The Mahayanis created 88 Buddha. Ah, yeah, yeah, that is all create, later created. How? Uh, somebody just cook it up. Uh. <laughs> Easy to cook up. Uh. <laughs> <laughs>
terminologi nibana dan paribana. There are some books that say uh, that these two uh, actually are the same. But now generally, uh, people, a lot of books use Parinibbana for after death. After Buddha dies, uh, then they call it Parinibbana. But actually, Nibbana means uh, destruction of greed, hatred and delusion. Uh, so even when the Buddha is alive, uh, he has attained Nibbana. Uh, Enlightened. enlightened. Oh, yeah, yeah. If I say explain Parinibbana as the physical body also <coughs> grows, not to. And now, nowadays, that is the. Uh, mm. uh, uh, I'm going to say in Chinese, but there's one called Weimo Chuti. It exists in Mahayana. Mahayana Sutras. It's called the Vimalakirti Sutra. In that sutta, they praise the Bodhisattva and they put down the Arahans, put down Sariputta. And uh, you know, when the Buddha was alive, there was a monk who was a disciple of this Devadatta, Tipitata. Uh, because they, they split from the Buddha's uh, Sangama. So, when they split off, uh, the Buddha asked Sariputta and Moglana to go and tell people uh, that whatever Devadatta does after this uh, has nothing to do with the Buddha. No more part of the Buddha's Sangha. Uh, and that he is not like what he used to be. Uh, so, the, uh, Sariputta went around telling the lay people. So the other camp uh, hated him. No? Devadatta and his disciples hated him. So this uh, one Devadatta's follower called Kokalika, he was always talking bad about Sariputta and uh, Mahamoglana. So he even went to the Buddha and complained to the Buddha about these two. I said, uh, this, uh, he said a lot of unpleasant things about Sariputta and Moglana. And the Buddha told him, don't say that. Moglana and Sariputta, they are good persons and all that. So he kept saying that. And then after that, his body burst out into, uh, how do you say, uh, boils, boils. And the balls started getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And then they burst and then he died. After he died, the Buddha's disciples asked the Buddha what happened to him. The Buddha said he went into a very deep hell. He will be there for a very, 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 very long time. That is the consequence of talking bad about Arahan. I haven't become an Arahan, so I can. <laughs> Only the Buddha, Buddha. Hmm. Arahans are very hard to find. Yeah, some people think they have attained Arahanhood. Anagamins also very hard to find. 
Some people don't, haven't even attained uh, the fourth jhana and they, they think that they are already anagamin. Mm. And uh, the other two is easier to find. Chakadagamin and Sotapanna is easier to find. Yeah. In uh, for uh, Sotapanna, it is said that the Sina is perfect. Is it perfect as in 100% perfect? <laughs> perfect. <laughs> or as a, you know, you don't consciously break the design? Okay. In the suttas, the Buddha says that even an Arya can make, can break minor precepts. So not that he cannot break. But the Buddha says an Arya, when he breaks minor precepts, he does not hide it. He does not hide it. He's very frank. Arya is a, is a very frank Straight, straightforward person. Mm. But okay, what is uh, Aryan Sila? What is Aryan Sila? When you say uh, Arya has perfect Sila, what is Aryan Sila? So, Brother Uy has listened to my talks more than you. I already explained. In the Noble Eightfold Path, uh, three factors account for sila. Right speech, right action, right livelihood. Right speech, there are four precepts. Right action, there are three precepts. Right livelihood, there are no precepts because it is governed by right speech and right action. Uh, so only seven precepts, ma. Ah, so you keep seven. Yeah. Oh, if you keep these seven precepts well, uh, you're on your way. <laughs> Which? Um, if you, it depends, uh, for example, killing precept. Uh, if you kill a mosquito, uh, it's minor. Uh, it's minor. Uh, if you kill a... Yeah. But if you <laughs> How often do you unintentionally kill? Sometimes it's itchy, you just... Yeah. But if you kill a human being, uh, hmm, it's different. Uh, so like in the monk's precepts also, you know, in the monk's precepts, in the two, two, seven precepts, uh, if a monk kills a bird, it's considered a minor precept. But if a monk tells a lay devotee uh, to go and take a contraceptive pill uh, to abort the baby, uh, uh, that is killing a human being. It's a major, major precept. Mm. So whether it's minor or major depends on what you do. Mm-hmm. 
Or we they meet together. La. <laughs> the next three words. <laughs> One hand cannot clap, they say. Nowadays there's a lot of this, uh, this uh, in, in, in scandals. Uh. Mm. Problem is like in Tibetan Buddhism, uh, it is in their books. Uh. You read their books, uh, it is part of their practice. Uh, when they go higher levels, uh, they say that to become enlightened, you must have this uh, consort, uh, engaged in all this tantra, tantric Buddhism which is directly opposite to what the Buddha says in our original suttas. Even during the Buddha's time, uh, they, there were these uh, naked ascetics. And because when they see each other naked, uh, then their desires arise, uh, then they engage in this sex. Uh, and some of the Buddha's disciples also follow. No? And the Buddha scolded them. No? said, this is the path that leads to hell. No? Mm-hmm. No more. Come, we can transfer Mary. No. Mm. Okay. Good evening, brother and sister. Today is supposed to be a Q and A, so if you all have any questions, we can start. Otherwise, I might want to say something. Tonight I came here because of the Achencha Remembrance Day. I didn't attend today, but I attend tomorrow morning and only half a day. Do we have a Buddha Remembrance Day or not? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I hope we won't close down. <laughs> Recently we had one uh, foreign monk come here. I don't know whether you all know. Uh, created some problem. I think it's this rope. Novice Asians, uh, we uh, we see Westerners becoming monks. Uh, so maybe we think it's harder for a Westerner to become a monk. So we have more respect, and sometimes we become greatly disappointed. Come, any questions? You said that uh, if con- if our consciousness is uh, conditioned by our past karma, whatever consciousness that uh, we experience is uh, one old karma. But how come other beings uh, who uh, have their own karma also can witness other beings and consciousness? Uh, what happened to other beings? In the suttas, uh, the Buddha said, uh, it is uh, very difficult to meet somebody uh, who has not been your 
father, your mother, your brother, sister, relatives, etc., friends, etc. So, those that we meet are karmically related to us, have some affinity with us. So, some of the karma that we have done is in common with them. That's why we come back together. For example, the Buddha said that if two persons want to meet again in their future life, four things determine that they meet together. One is belief, that means say like religion. Religion is one of the factors for coming together. Another one is generosity or selfishness. Uh, equally generous people will meet together, say like in <coughs> in heaven, and uh, selfish people will meet together in the ghost realm. Uh, and uh, another factor is uh, sila. Uh, those who keep sila will probably meet together in the heavens. Please sit sit further in so that uh, other people can come. Can sit right, right up. It's okay. Sit right up. So these four factors uh, that determine our coming together in a future lifetime uh, is faith, generosity, or selfishness, sila or no sila, and wisdom. Uh, <coughs> wisdom or foolishness. Uh, equally foolish people are born together and equally... Um, wise people are born together. So the fact <coughs> that we come together uh, means uh, we have much in common. So sometimes you find, for example, one house, uh, the fire guts the house and the people cannot escape. So maybe nine people in the house are burned to death. Uh, so maybe uh, they did something in the past together, the nine of them, uh, maybe caught some animal and uh, uh, trapped it and burned it to death in a in a, in a rat hole or whatever. Uh, so, so they suffer the same fate. No? So, so you can't say that you uh, you 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 did a certain karma. Then why are the people upon together? Somehow we are karmically linked. Mm-hmm. But the Buddha said, uh, karma vipaka is something that is extremely complex. No? And uh, don't think too much about it, otherwise you go cuckoo. <laughs> yeah. In our bookshop, a lot of people are buying different pages. When they want to buy the one book, we are in a dilemma. They say it's don't, probably. If I say yes, it's also problem. What should I do? Yeah, so who can bless the Buddha? <laughs> Who is qualified? <laughs> then keep golden silence. <laughs> and can I ask you about, um, I think one of your talks, mm-hmm. I can't remember which one, because I've heard so many. Bhante said something about, it's about practice, it's a question mm-hmm. about practice. Mm-hmm. And Bhante said that there are some Books, uh, even I've read it myself, many books 
uh, by um, Joseph Goldstein, IMS, all this, who says that you can exercise mindfulness in just washing dishes, in everyday life, and, you know, we hear that again and again. And um, Bhante in the talk said, uh, no, that is not mindfulness. Uh, and good advantages and, and mindfulness and that. Okay. Thank you. This word mindfulness uh, is uh, generally used for the word sati, sati. But the word sati is not really mindfulness. The actual word for mindfulness in the Pali Suttas is sampajanya. Sampajanya. For example, in the monk's precepts, if a monk lies deliberately in full awareness, that term sampajano is used in full awareness, knowingly. Uh, sati comes from the word S-M-R-T-I, which means to remember. Uh, and there are nine suttas uh, which have the same definition of sati. Uh. In the suttas it is said, uh, a person who has sati uh, remembers what was said and done a long time ago. So it is the quality of remembering. And why is it uh, has the word sati to do with remembering? Because this uh, sati uh, is, a, is the seventh factor of the Noble Eightfold Path. <clears throat> and when you practice uh, samasati, you're supposed to remember to be mindful of all things. This word uh, sati, you can say, uh, you can say it is uh, to remember, to recall, to recollect. Uh, so to recall is a good word, uh, to bring to your mind. Uh, to bring to your mind, that means uh, to... Uh, to be mindful of these four things. It is not general mindfulness. When sati is translated as mindfulness, there is the general mistake to think that it means general mindfulness. That means when I brush my teeth, I'm mindful of it. When I'm eating, I'm mindful of the taste. When I'm walking, when I'm watching TV, I'm mindful of watching TV. But watching TV has nothing to do with the Buddha's uh, teachings uh, because it does not help you to get out of samsara. Uh, if you are, say, you are walking around with your six senses open uh, and then you are seeing this and you are hearing that and you are smelling this and you are tasting something in your mouth and uh, yeah, something is, uh, you have this tactile uh, sensation and all this thing. And uh, all these things uh, uh, make you mindful of the world around you, but that does not lead you to liberation. Okay, so the Buddha says uh, that is Mara's playground. If you put your attention on sights, sounds, smells, tastes, etc., you will be trapped by Mara. Mara is putting the bait for you, uh, beautiful sights to attract you, beautiful sounds to. Uh, 
take your attention away, etc. So the Buddha says, that is not your ancestral home. That is not your original home. Achan Cha says, go back to your original home. So, uh, to go back to the original home, the Buddha says, to put your attention only on four things. The four objects of sati. What we Chinese, we translate as Sunyan Chu. So, uh, it is a specific mindfulness. It is not general mindfulness. A very specific, only on four things. Uh, so, a better word uh, for sati uh, is either recalling or recollection uh, of these four objects uh, uh, and not any other thing. Uh, mm. Now, when we look into the suttas, uh, the word sampajanya is also a practice. Uh, the Buddha says uh, that in charana, the practice or conduct of a monk, uh, there are 12 things, or 10 or 12 things. And one of them is Sati Sampajanya. And in the description of Sampajanya, the Buddha says, when a person, when a monk is walking, he is aware that he is walking. When he is sitting, he is aware. When he is changing his robe, he is aware, etc., etc. If you look carefully, even this Sampajanya, is not general mindfulness also. It is mindfulness uh, concerning the body. Mindfulness concerning the body. Mm. Whatever the body is doing. Uh, the Buddha did not say uh, you practice mindfulness uh, when you are watching TV, uh, when you are reading the newspaper. Uh, the Buddha didn't say that. The Buddha said only in relation to your body. And why? Because... Uh, you will notice, like those of you who practice meditation, you will notice that whenever your mindfulness runs away, what Chinese we call tawang xiang, xiao tang, xiao sai, thinking east, thinking west, your mind is running all over the place. You have forgotten that you're sitting here in meditation, right? The moment you remember your body is here, straight away your mind comes back to the present here and now. That's enough. Ah. So, it is important uh, to bring your, your attention back to the body because every time your attention comes back to the body, uh, you are mindful of the here and now. Uh, that's why in the Kayagata, Kayagata Sati uh, Sutta, mindfulness of the body, uh, the Buddha said, uh, mindfulness of the body leads to the deathlessness. Uh, so, in the spiritual path, uh, in the holy path, uh, we are trying to seek liberation. Okay? So, if you want to seek liberation, uh, you have to understand very well uh, what is liberation. What is the state of enlightenment? Enlightenment uh, is the destruction of the asavas. The Buddha talked about six higher knowledges, abhinyas, and five of them are psychic powers. Yeah, have to do with psychic power. 
but one of them has to do with liberation. And that liberation is this, is uh, is defined uh, as the destruction of the asavas. Uh, so what is this asavas? Asavas uh, are the uncontrolled mental outflows, uh, the mind flowing. This is what is called the leakage of the mind. In Chinese we call low lao, uh, sim lao. Uh. So basically, uh, this is the outflow of consciousness because consciousness creates the world. Uh, it is the five consciousness that creates the outer world, the seeing consciousness, the hearing, smelling, taste, touch consciousness. And the thinking consciousness creates the inner world. Okay, So whenever the consciousness flows, uh, uh, the world is created. And that is samsara. So to stop samsara, we have to stop the flow of consciousness. No? Okay, uh, So how to stop the flow of consciousness uh, is to have this mindfulness. No? Mindfulness of the here and now. No? Right? Uh, so whenever we are mindful of our body, we come back to the present. We are not thinking of the past, we are not daydreaming of the future and all this thing. We come back to the here and now. So that is Sampajanya, mindfulness in relation to our body. But even that is not so important as to be a factor of the Noble Eightfold Path. You notice uh, in the Noble Eightfold Path, uh, do you have a sat, uh, what, uh, Samma Sampajanya? You don't have. Uh, right mindfulness, you don't have. But you have right Samma Sati. Uh, uh, so Samma Sati is to be mindful of these four objects and to remember to be mindful only of these four objects. Uh, so. <coughs> If we have sati, the Buddha says in nine suttas that we remember very clearly what was said and done a long time ago. So if our mind runs, for example, the more we sleep, the more blur we become, the more we forget. But the Buddha's disciples, they practice sati and sampajanya to the extent that they don't sleep. Yeah. The uh, monks, uh, they have to practice until they are mindful 24 hours a day. You know, Then only uh, they can become an arhan. Because in the Vinaya books, uh, it is said uh, that you cannot fault an arhan. You cannot accuse an arhan uh, of doing anything wrong because his mindfulness uh, is 24 hours a day. Uh, so... Uh, so uh, that uh, mindfulness uh, has to be cultivated to that extent. Uh, so this uh, that is sati, la. and if you practice this uh, samasati, uh, you are practicing vipassana. You're practicing vipassana. Now, what is samatha? Samatha is the eight factor. Uh, samatha is the eight factor. Right concentration. Now, how the Buddha in the Majjhima Nikaya, 
the Buddha says uh, that the Noble Eightfold Path uh, is practiced one by one, starting with right view. Right view will lead you to the second factor, uh, right thoughts. Right thoughts will lead you to the third factor, which will lead you to the fourth factor. So the seventh factor should lead you to the eighth factor. In other words, if you practice Vipassana correctly, uh, you should end up with Samasati. Uh, that is why in the Satipatthana Sangyutta of the Sangyutta Nikaya, there's one sutta where the Buddha says uh, that if a monk practices uh, Satipatthana skillfully, uh, he will end up with Samadhi. But another monk uh, who does not practice Satipatthana skillfully or correctly, uh, he will not attain Samadhi or Jhana. So the 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 jamma from samasati the seventh factor to the eighth factor samasamadi the link is actually satipatthana 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 is an intense state of sati intense state of sati where the sati not for a moment is lost. Uh, practice until it's mindful all the time and also on one object. If you practice uh, satipatthana, it's on one object. There's a difference with uh, practicing sati. Practicing samasati, you can contemplate any of the four objects and you can change the, the objects. And you can do that uh, whether you're sitting or you're walking or you're standing or you're lying down. Uh, but when you are sitting with your eyes closed, uh, that is the only time uh, you can practice uh, the age factor, uh, samatha. samatha. Mm. So there's a difference uh, between uh, the Buddha's uh, mindfulness uh, and recollection. Uh, and you notice uh, that the Buddha's uh, mindfulness uh, is not general mindfulness. Uh, I think um, if you practice uh, being mindful of anything uh, and it's of benefit to you, uh, it's okay. I thought it's the body, it develops mm. that awareness of what the knee mm. is doing, that, that a level of heightened awareness, I mm. thought, can't be a bad thing. Mm. But um, a friend of mine, Bhante, who is not Buddhist, uh, he said that, uh, you better be careful, Jin, he said, of the energy system that you're opening yourself to. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, uh, hey, Buddha's elephant footprint, everything can fit inside, he said, but he's not a Buddhist. And he just 
frightened me a little because he said, when you do Tai Chi, it's opening up to another energy field, which I may not know where I'm tapping into, and I may have been blown off course and not known the same thing. But he's not specific enough, lah. It's like some people say, oh, "Don't meditate because uh, you can chow uh, hoi jib more." Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not. Uh, no, it's not that. Yeah. Uh, I felt guilty because to enjoy it so much. I've got uh, a lot to enjoy, right? <laughs> not really. The Buddha. The like, then the craving is in The Buddha didn't say uh, that. Uh, like itself is bad. If it, the Buddha said there are two types of enjoyment, worldly enjoyment. Uh, if it leads to uh, suffering, uh, then uh, don't indulge in it. Uh. But if it does not lead to suffering, it's okay. Uh, like meditation, the bliss of meditation. So, firstly, every, everybody needs a bit of exercise. Uh, so, if you take it from that point of view, I need some exercise, it's okay. Uh. But I I enjoy it very much, Bhante, but they're big weapons. So Colin says, because you enjoy it so much, you better be careful. So I'm asking Bhante, do I have to give it up? <laughs> if Bhante says give up, I have to give up. I think uh, Colin is frightened by your moves. <laughs> One day you might get violent in the kitchen. <laughs> so I can continue, Bhante? <laughs> You make the decision. <laughs> if you don't, ta- don't do Tai Chi, what exercise are you going to do? I find it helps to sit. Mm. But don't bring those weapons back home. Auntie, <laughs> what are your views with respect to practicing Vipassana? Like, uh, there is Vipassana, as Bhante said, as the seventh factor of the Noble Eightfold Path. And we should do that every day, uh, because when you're not sitting, it's like still trying to remember the recollections as best we can. It will not be perfect mindfulness, it will be like snatchy, patchy mindfulness, but slowly, hopefully, we can be more, um, uh, what's the word, joined up. Uh, then there is a controversy about whether you have to. Not that I'm anywhere near there, Bhante, I just don't even know why I'm asking. Um, they said, like, you have to come out of jhana to do the vipassana, or you have to be in jhana to vipassana. So, I'm, I'm not quite sure I understand that at all. Because the Yuganadas, is it, was it the Yuganada Sutta? They said, so you need both. It's like right foot and left foot, you need mm. to develop both. Mm. So the mindfulness will help the concentration, and the concentration, the mindfulness. But <coughs> when you go into jhana, and you don't want to end up like Alara, Kalo, and all the others. You have to do Vipassana. But when do you do that, Dante? It's like controversy in Theravada, right? Uh, 
you must remember the vipassana meditation that is taught nowadays did not exist during the Buddha's time, like Mahasi method, Goenka method and all that. So, of the four objects of vipassana, namely the body, feelings, mind and dhamma, you find the last one is the most important. Because the Buddha said, there are five occasions when a person becomes enlightened. Only five occasions. One when he's listening to the Dhamma, and he's teaching the Dhamma, and he's repeating the Dhamma, and he's reflecting on the Dhamma. And the last one only during meditation. So, the knowledge of the Dhamma or the suttas is extremely important. That's why the Buddha's disciples are all called savakas, listeners or hearers. If you don't listen to the Buddha's words, you are not the Buddha's follower, you are not the Buddha's disciple. And during the Buddha's time, because they had no books, the monks and nuns and the lay followers had to memorize the suttas, repeat the suttas. So when you memorize and repeat the suttas in the local language, then it sticks in the mind. Not like nowadays we read and we, uh, many of us uh, read too much. Uh, and you read too much, it doesn't stick in the mind. Uh, so, so the knowledge of the suttas uh, is, uh, is uh, crucial, uh, not only to enlightenment, uh, even to, for the different stages of uh, path and fruition. Also, the, because if there is no Dhamma in the world, uh, you cannot find uh, Arya. Arya, because all Aryas, uh, the basic requirement for an Arya is what? Right view. All Aryans have right view. If you look at the Majima Nikaya, there are two conditions for you to attain right view. One is the voice of another teaching you the Dhamma. Uh, The second is Yoniso Manasikara which can be simply translated as proper attention or thorough attention. So only when you listen to the Dhamma from somebody else, like the Buddha, you read the Nikayas, only then you can get right view. If you just meditate, there are some meditation teachers, they tell their followers not to read any book. Yeah. Just meditate, meditate. Mm. I have one monk friend, just came back from overseas. Nine years he was in a meditation center. And because that meditation center, uh, they speak in a foreign language which he doesn't know in that country. So all he does is meditate. After nine years he came back and asked him, what did you get? Did you make progress in your meditation? He said, no. He was very frank, not like some people. He said, no. No. Sitting for nine years, nothing. So it might happen, Bhante, before he dies, if he's a faith follower, because they, like, before they To be a faith follower, you need Dhamma. Oh. <laughs> No, Dhamma follower, Dhamma, Dhamma. Both, I said. 
no right view, no no path and fruit. We always hear part uh, and fruition, part and fruition, and you have the four pairs and the eight person. So I have, I think many of us too have this uh, question in our mind is when does the part fruit? Is it uh, almost simultaneously, or is there development of the part after some time, after? Uh, after a period of time, when the heart ripens, then it fruits. Or is it like the Abhidhamma said, it is like almost The Buddha sees uh, that uh, when a person attains the path, uh, uh, it takes some time. Uh, the latest, uh, by the at the moment of dying, he will turn to fruit. Uh, that is why in the suttas, like the Dakina Vibhanga Sutta, it is said uh, that you can make an offering to a path attainer. You can make an offering to a fruit attainer. First path, first fruit, second path, second fruit, etc. So if it is uh, instantaneous, uh, path becomes fruit, uh, you don't have a chance to make an offering to a path attainer, isn't it? Uh, so how long it takes, uh, it depends on that person. How much work he has done. Would it be in this lifetime, let's say, if you take to the path? So the fruit... It depends. For example, uh, for a person to attain stream entry uh, and uh, become a first path attainer, the requirement is right view. Okay? So you, uh, for example, you don't meditate. Okay? Then you uh, listen to the Dhamma, uh, the suttas, or you read the nikayas and all that. And then after some time, uh, after putting in some effort, uh, maybe a few years, uh, you have some understanding of the Dhamma. You might have attained the path. Okay? Now, when, when a person attains the path, uh, he has seen the Dhamma, what is called, he has attained the Dhamma Chaku, vision of the Dhamma. When a person has attained the vision of the Dhamma, he becomes a first path attainer is already an Arya, you know. So once he becomes an Arya, he's different from an ordinary worldly person. Uh, he has not totally changed yet, but he has begun to change. Okay? He begins to change. So for example, if you, after learning the Dhamma and listening to the suttas and all that, you attain the vision of the Dhamma, then uh, you lose interest in uh, holy pursuits. La. You don't think of joining your friends to Genting Highland or Singapore Casino uh, or uh, going to uh, sightseeing in China, Guilin uh, Mountains and uh, whatever. Uh, it, there's no more that interest. Uh, you rather want to spend all your time, all the spare time you have uh, to... Uh, listen to the Dhamma and try to meditate. No? Yeah. So you try, you, you start to practice the spiritual path more and more. No? Uh, and then, uh, if you don't have attain, you haven't attained jhana, no? uh, then it takes some time, no? maybe a few years, no? depending on how much effort you put in. No? If you put in more effort, you'll be faster. No? If you don't. You don't uh, put in so much effort. Uh, of two things are most important. One is learning the suttas. 
The other one is meditation, uh, to clear your mind of the defilements, of the hindrances, uh, the five hindrances. Uh, uh. So if you do these two things uh, uh, sufficiently, uh, after some time, uh, that understanding deepens. Uh, and when it turns to fruit, uh, the three factors fall away. Uh, three factors. Uh, identity, view, sakaya ditti, doubt about the Buddha, Dhamma and Sangha. And the other one is uh, sila bata paramasa, attachment to rules and uh, religious uh, practices. Mm. So, the key of heart winner doesn't, uh, has not eradicated this tree? No, path has not. Uh, it's only when it turns to fruit uh, that the tree factors are eliminated. Uh, so if he puts in more effort at meditation and, uh, and the studying of the suttas, uh, the meditation, the, the, the samatha meditation, uh, to get rid of the five hindrances is very important, you know. Uh, because the, uh, when your hindrances are lower, you can understand the Dhamma clearer and faster. Uh. So... Uh, if a person uh, to attain the second path uh, and the second fruit, uh, you don't need sama samadhi. <clears throat> you don't need four jhanas. But the difference between the first fruit uh, and the second fruit uh, is that the second fruit person, the sakadagamin, uh, has reduced the greed, hatred, and delusion. Now, greed, hatred, and delusion uh, is part of the hindrances. Uh, so, to reduce that, uh, you need some samadhi. Uh, so, for a person, open the door and see. For a person to attain the second path, uh, he must generally have either the first jhana, or the second jhana, or the third jhana. And that is not perfect concentration. That is this concentration, but not perfect. Uh, so he needs one of these, uh, one of these jhanas, uh, to attain the second path. So uh, with this uh, concentration, uh, then uh, the understanding is at a deeper level because the hindrances are lower. The understanding is different, you know. It's at a deeper level. He uh, sees things more clearly than the person without jhana. So he, he enters the second path. Uh, after he enters the second path, similarly, la, it takes some time uh, for that knowledge uh, to sink in. Uh, and then, uh, then he attains uh, the fruition. Uh. Now to attain the third path and fruit uh, is different. Third path and fruit, uh, you need the four jhanas. Because the Buddha says in the in the suttas in, in the Majjhima Nikaya, it is impossible uh, for a person to attain anagamin and arahanhood uh, without four jhanas. Uh, I don't know whether it's 68, Majjhima Nikaya 68. So you must have the four jhanas first. And then uh, uh, when you listen to the Dhamma, uh, the understanding uh, is deeper than the Sakadagamin. Uh, then he attains the path, which after some time will turn to fruit. Uh, similarly with the Arahan. Uh, now one thing, there are some people, uh, 
they don't want to acknowledge yeah, what the Buddha says in the suttas, uh, namely uh, that when a person attains the jhanas, uh, the hindrances are eliminated for good. It's eliminated for good. Uh, yes. Uh, yeah, that's what the, the sutta uh, says very clearly, like giving many similes uh, in the Diga Nikaya. Now, what people don't understand is this. What is a hindrance? The Buddha says, uh, this sensual desire, ill will, sloth and torpor, restlessness and worry and doubt, na? are they hindrances? Not all the time. They are hindrances uh, when they are so strong uh, that they obsess the mind. That is, obsess the mind uh, and uh, you are hindered by them. Then only they are called hindrances. Uh, if they are weak, uh, they are not called hindrances. Uh, so, for example, I'll give you the simile of the lalang, the tall grass. Suppose the tall grass is five feet or six feet, nah, and you try to walk through it, nah, you'll be cut by the grass, you can't see the other side, you might fall into a pit and all this thing. Nah. It's a hindrance. Nah. But suppose now you cut the grass down to one foot, nah. is it a hindrance? It's not a hindrance. Nah. Right, definitely not a hindrance. Nah. But it's still there. Nah. So to give you a simile, nah, see like the for the first jhana, when a person attains the first jhana, it's like the five or six feet tall grass uh, has been cut down to one foot. No? Uh, it's no more hindrance. That's why the Buddha said uh, that it is eliminated uh, permanently. And when a person attains the second jhana, it's like uh, the grass has been cut down to maybe eight inches. Uh, mm. And when a person attains the third jhana, it's like it's cut down to four inches. Third jhana. Mm. But when a person attains the fourth jhana, it's cut down to one millimeter. There's a big difference between the first three jhanas and the fourth jhana. The Buddha says the first three jhanas is perturbable. Boleh goyang. can still shake. So uh, if your grass is one foot tall or eight inches or four inches, uh, when a strong wind comes, uh, you still move, isn't it? Uh, but it's one millimeter, uh, a big storm comes also, it doesn't move. <laughs> That's why the Buddha says the fourth jhana is imperturbable. Hmm? <clears throat> so don't think uh, that when the Buddha says uh, the hindrances are eliminated, uh, that the totally gone is still there. We see, therefore, that the fake follower and the diamond follower are actually the path, uh, the stream entry, the path winner, the other path. First, first path. Hmm. Not winner, I'm sure. Uh, the path winner. Yeah, yeah, okay, fine. Stream, <laughs> stream entry. Yeah. Candidates for stream entry. Yeah. Candidate or Sudan? Candidate for stream entry. I don't know, I don't know. I don't know, but can it... No, the trouble is uh, the fruit, uh, they sometimes translate as stream entry. Oh, I think actually the path should be called stream entry. The fruit should be stream winner, isn't it? <laughs> so, so, so this is to achieve the path. Yes, yes. Yeah.
Monday, if let's say the, uh, the stream entry, if let's say he doesn't practice, so he will die as a stream mentorer, not as a winner. Oh, no, no, no. By the time he dies, it must turn into fruit. The Sutta says it must turn into fruit, even if he does nothing. Mm. Okay, it's very hard to make. I can summarize as this to be stream mantra, no need jhanas. Is that correct? Of course, yes, no need yes. jhanas. Uh, but very interesting, Bhante, you mentioned about the jhanas. I, I can't remember which sutta, but Bhikkhu Bodhi said you have to come out of the jhana and exercise the refrain. And then I think it was uh, Bhante Ji that says you can't, you can't come out of the jhana because uh, this is where I, I'm not sure. He said if you come out of the jhanas, then the defilements are there, whether it's four inches, eight inches, and let that be it. So, I'm just academically interested, not as about anywhere, you know. What is one thing for you? My view is that when you're in jhana, you cannot contemplate. Because in the first jhana, it is said that you only have skillful thoughts, you don't have unskillful thoughts. But whereas in the second jhana, you have no thoughts. The thoughts cannot arise. The mind is so so powerful eh, that the thoughts cannot arise. But you are aware. But you have to exercise to restrain. Otherwise, we end up in that realm where it's like four big bangs and we're still in samsara, right? But they have to do something. Otherwise, they end up in the wrong direction. You know... A lot of teachers say things uh, that are not what the Buddha said. Hmm? And they discourage you from staying in jhana and all these things. Okay? But uh, the highest state of tranquility you can reach uh, is what? Cessation. Cessation. No, no, no. no. That is still... That is the highest uh, arupa. But beyond that, na, it's a higher state, na, cessation of perception and feeling. Okay? So, in that state, na, you are like a stone, you know. Your, your breathing has stopped. Your heart has stopped. Wait, 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 wait. Okay. So... This person in that state is like a stone. But when he comes out of it, nah, he becomes an arahan. Automatically. Oh, okay. Automatically. So don't be little uh, samadhi. And that state like a stone nah, is so powerful nah, that nah, in the sutta, the Buddha talked about a previous life, arahan, nah, who entered that state na, in the deep forest na, and the villagers went to the forest to look for wood and all this thing na, and saw him sitting there with the breath stopped, with the heart stopped. They assumed that he's dead. So what did they do? So I give him a good send off. Na. So piled a lot of wood on top of him na, and started the fire. The next day they were shocked na, to see him come into town. That state, na, the fire cannot burn. Cannot harm him. Is, is that where Mahatasapa is? Like that state, like stone? Oh, yeah. 
Mahakasapa's entered Nibbana and you are reading some Mahayana book that says he's in a chicken foot mountain in China. I thought he wanted to stay there for the Vedya to offer the rope. That's Mahayana. Oh, you read too much. <laughs> Stick to the suttas. <clears throat> Getting all that wrong view into here. Is this stage called the Nirodha Yes, yes. Mm. Yeah. The Buddha says the first three jhanas are perturbable, that means uh, still shakable. Uh, but the fourth jhana is so still uh, that it is not shakable. Uh. Hmm? No, wait until you experience, then you know. Uh. Some things uh, you want to know, no use. Uh. If it helps you, uh, on the path, huh? you want to know. It doesn't help you. How can in the state you don't know? When you're in jhana, you're very aware. <laughs> hmm. The sutta says uh, in the first jhana, you have five factors. Okay. So you still have vitaka and vichara. Vitaka and vichara means uh, thought directed and sustained. So for example, if you are uh, practicing anapanasati, mindfulness of the breath, uh, you are still mindful of the breath. Uh, when your mind goes out, you pull it back, that is thought directed. Uh, and you keep it on the breath, that is thought sustained, vitaka and vichara. Uh, so when your meditation uh, becomes more tranquil, uh, uh, then you switch your attention uh, to that piti and sukala. You don't pay attention to that breath anymore. Then you are no more conscious of the breath. You are conscious of that bliss and the delight. Uh, and then you go into the second jhana. Uh, so these, yeah. First jhana is just now the one and you are on your breath. Uh, that is, if you are able to follow your breath long enough, uh, then all the five factors will come. Uh. On the five aspects. You need to pay attention to the Ah, you wait until you practice, like, you know, all this theory, no point. You will find that in the suttas, when it comes to meditation, the Buddha did not give detailed instructions as nowadays a lot of meditation teachers give. A lot of the meditation teachers now give uh, so detailed instructions uh, that uh, the disciples uh, originally know uh, what they are going to get. Now the mind is very tricky, you know. If you believe you want to see this and you want to see that, uh, very soon you will see. Uh, uh, so the Buddha purposely didn't give in a lot of details. The Buddha only give you the basic uh, steps to practice. Uh, and when you achieve, you will know for yourself. Uh. Yeah. Actually, what's the difference between the Dhammakaya method and the Vipassana method? What I've written uh, about the life of the founder of the Dhammakaya, 
is that uh, they they imagine uh, there's a crystal uh, in the abdomen and they pay attention to that. Okay. So when they think of the crystal long enough, uh, then it sticks in their mind and then uh, they imagine it to be bright uh, and then becomes bright. Then they look into the center of the crystal uh, and they see it becomes very, very bright. Then they see they go into that center of the crystal and then they enter the Dhammakaya. And then from there, uh, they see they can go astral traveling. So this is not not what the Buddha taught. That's why I said just now, if you want to see something, uh, you will see it. You want to believe something, you will believe it. So in the uh, biography of this uh, founder of this Dhammakaya, she said uh, that she entered the Dhammakaya, then went to look for the father, and then found the father in hell, and uh, found the father was very thin and suffering. And then she admonished the father, told the father, today you're in hell because you kill so many animals and all these things. Then asked him to think of the precepts and think of all the good that he had done as a human being and to try to meditate. So when he did these things, the body started to become more and more beautiful. And then, then after that, she led him uh, out of hell uh, into the heavens and then left him there and told him uh, you have to practice your sila continue to practice your sila and practice meditation uh, otherwise you'll fall down but in the original Buddha's teachings uh, you cannot help somebody out of hell if you can help somebody out of hell the Buddha would have helped all the beings out of hell already Yes or not? Mm. So that's why uh, unless you have a good knowledge uh, of the original teachings of the Buddha in the suttas, you don't know which is right, which is wrong. That's why in the suttas the Buddha said, if any monk says uh, that the Buddha taught such and such, uh, the Buddha says you should compare it with the suttas, that means the original suttas. uh, and the monks Vinaya, but the monks Vinaya is only for monks. So if it does not agree with the original suttas, then it's not the Buddha's teachings. When we are new in Buddhism, anything we come across, or anything we read, we think is part of Buddhism, and we practice it. And then... Later, you might find after many years uh, that you wasted years uh, practicing all these things. Uh. Mm. 